Hey, Matt. Hey, Peter. Oh, I'm back. Hello, new dad. <laughs> Without an update, <laughs> except I'm a dad now, which is insane. Ten days of being a dad. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Ziva. I was gonna make a really dirty yeah. joke, but uh, I'll, I'll let you just say something more more sincere. Um, that's con- that's awesome, man! Congratulations. As I thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's uh, it's been a ride. Uh, he's such a nice little piece of baby, you mm. know. <laughs> he's also yep. keeping you up all night. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but apparently, um, I'm lucky that the company I work for offer uh, two weeks paternity leave. Good. Um, really generous. Yeah. Really. So I feel really blessed, and I get to spend a lot of time with him when when he wants to to have anything to do with me (laughs) i don't have any milk unfortunately (laughs) you don't have too i'm very good at changing but i'm very good at changing diapers all right well yeah you learn (laughs) you know you do learn fast yeah cool out of necessity yeah yeah it's been amazing actually it's been really really hard but it's also like it's just felt like supernatural for some reason like it's just mm-hmm. weird. Like mm-hmm. twelve hours after we left to go to the hospital, we were back home. Yeah, and you just have a child. <laughs> it's yeah. super wild. It is. But then it it's is. like, like after it's almost like a couple of hours. It's like you are always had him for some reason. I don't know. It's weird how your brain works. It Probably a reason for it. A few million years of of instinct suddenly kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's yeah, great. So, I don't have a lot of a lot of branch updates this week. Um, it's it's been interesting to I've I don't never taken ten days off work, so yeah. ten days so far. So I got four four days left mm-hmm. before I slowly start to ease back into work. Um, you know, I've taken time off, but not like as religiously as I have this time. Mm-hmm. I've answered emails like every other day. Um, which is nice because then, <laughs> so maybe every day actually depends. But it's funny because like all your emails get in sync <laughs> because you uh, reply yeah, to people yeah, at yeah. the same time and then like, <laughs> kind of like they start to like sync in. So you get like more and more emails at the same time every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's more efficient. Useful. It is. Not necessarily the most ideal. Um, but, you know, it's it allows just... me to run my business while I had a baby. So I think it's, it's okay. The first in a long line of optimizations you'll be doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I still have the notifications come through my phone. So like I see stuff coming in and like, you know, once in a while there'll be like someone who upgraded to like the $500 a year WP pusher plan and stuff like that. It's nice mm-hmm. to like, just, you know, like be walking around carrying your baby and then you get like a nice email <laughs> like that. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's yeah. nice to have like stuff that can run. It doesn't, you know, just stall completely just Absolutely. because you aren't around. Yep. Um so I've I've locked into user list like two times maybe. Um and there's still people logging in, you know, every day mm-hmm. playing around with it. Um so it's yeah, there's not a lot and not not a lot to report. Um it's hard for me not to think about it a little bit cuz it was kind of like an exciting time mm. when I left work because um, mm. I feel like we have a lot of, 
lot of stuff ahead of us that I'm excited yeah. about. So I'm actually really excited to go back to work. Um, and yeah, I'm, I've realized that I'll have to be way more, you know, um, structured with my days and my time. Mm. Um, trying oh, to see if we can be more, more productive. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said this over the Slack, but it's like, you'll now look back at when you were single and, and <laughs> you used to say how busy you were or tell your friends you're busy. And yeah. then even when you like are married, you're like, Oh, now I have this partner. <laughs> I'm, I'm so busy. We're, we're so busy. Then you have a kid and you're like, no, no, I've, I've never, yeah. <laughs> I've only yeah, I mean, honestly, like for me, I think I've it's always been almost like a core value to me to like not be busy. And yeah. I've never had like a busy job or anything like that. Like I read four hour work week, Tim Ferriss when I was like 17 or something. Mm. So it's, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know that's if that's true. Could come yeah, in handy. True. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so that's cool. okay. There's one thing, like I listened to your interview with Patrick last week. That was such an amazing interview. I can't wait for more of those. Oh, thanks. Um, and it actually did make me write down a few notes <laughs> which i guess was kind of work um mm. you know it's just like a note note to self when i when i get back mm-hmm. um i love the stuff that patrick talked about with the north north star yeah. um and like the way they thought about okrs and stuff so it it actually you know made me think about like what the north star is for branch mm-hmm. and i think um you know what we really want to do is make it super awesome for people to you know their their workflow basically it's about deployment but deployment is just part of their workflow and we want them to have a really awesome workflow so they just feel like you know excited to work on their projects because it's just like it's you know for nerds like programmers having like a super slick workflow that just works and is super efficient is like one of the biggest joys you you get Mm -hmm. um and so I thought about that. It's like, that's basically what we want to do. Like, and that's what will make people spread the word about branch as well. And I think that's really like, kind of like a North star, at least one of them for us. Yeah. And then it kind of like occurred to me that our own deployments set up right now for branch is not very good. And we've talked about it many times, actually, Bjorn and I, been, and we've been kind of neglecting it because we've got so much other things to do. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's like I was trying to, you know, the, the the feeling we have when we do deployments for Branch itself is not the feeling I want people to have when they use Branch. Hmm. So it made me realize that we should actually spend some time just like really diving into that emotion of like having some a really awesome workflow and just dedicate some time to like, you know, you know, reconnect or we say like kind of like live that experience or. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but that was like something I took away from that interview is like, actually, right now we're really like just executing on quarterly goals, but we have we don't spend much time like talking about like long term what we're aiming towards, mm. um, which is a yeah. big part of a strategy, obviously. Um, yeah, for sure. I'm glad you like. Yeah. That. And then, yeah, just like, you know, the way it, it broke down the entire business model of profit well was really really interesting i listened to it twice because i edited it as well <laughs> before yeah. thank you going on much. paternity leave <laughs> yeah we got that one in just in time yeah it worked out super well yeah so so thanks for doing that really yeah. really enjoyed that i hope everyone listened to it otherwise uh, shame on you <laughs> <laughs>
No, it's good. I, I got definitely got a I got the kind of feedback I was hoping for and the amount of folks saying they liked it or they thought it was they got the angle. You know, they understood yeah. that I was trying to do something different. And yeah. that made me really happy. Um, so yeah, there will yeah. be more. I've already asked for an introduction to the next person I was thinking of interviewing, but even if that one in particular doesn't come through, I, I will definitely find find others and we'll just continue to really dismantle these businesses and look at their individual parts. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, well, I guess that basically concludes my update. I had a baby and I had like a revelation from listening to a podcast and that's pretty much it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a pretty good couple of weeks in terms of progress. Um, I <laughs> yeah. Life progress for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I suppose you want to know how it's going with me. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Yeah. I, have, I basically <laughs> rely on you to fill up the rest of our time here. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, <laughs> let's, let's dig deep. And um, you can start now. Start now. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I'll say it this way. I start here. I finished the exercise of putting together that um, slide deck that I talked about, just summarizing Summit, where it's going. And, um, that was something that was definitely eating up a lot of, uh, time and attention for good reason of like figuring out what is summit, what's the main problem it's trying to solve and which way am I taking it over the next, let's just say 12 months, um, at least. And that felt really good because after that initial sort of market response to the, to the new product being positive, I just felt like it was worth taking a longer view again taking stock and mm. seeing okay what's the next what is that north star metric for summit and i have definitely come away with the north star at this point being uh weekly active users um and i'm measuring mm. weekly active users in terms of how many people forget signups for a second and and all of that um and you certainly forget email addresses what i'm looking at right now is um it's so the number of unique people that have visited the site um, more than uh, twice or more. So um, did they come back and did they come back repeatedly? And just tracking the amount of repeat engagement with the product is my... Is Summit the kind of product, though, that you would use on a weekly basis necessarily? Like, could you be successful with the product just using it on a monthly basis? Or would you say that to kind of like extract... The value out of it you would need to use it more regularly i think weekly is important at this point because measuring things in months is just you know it's too slow like you know looking at um yeah i think it's too slow like and, and also it kind of hides some it hides some details that i'm looking for i do think that there's people who actually let me let me let me pause and answer it differently i think the first time you come to it it can often be a um, wow, you know, the the door of the spaceship opened and I'm staring at the surface of a new planet. <laughs> and <laughs> this is not Excel. You know, this is a new a new place and a new way this of looking Mars. at things. This is Mars, perhaps. Um, and maybe it's nicer than Mars because <laughs> it's not a barren wasteland. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's different, right? And that Earth. first... Yeah, it's a lovely view of some other planet. And I think that can that can result in a really awesome session it can also result in just a lot of exploration and just seeing like mm -hmm. 
hmm, what is this? You know, where am I? The second visit is often when people will, if they come back a second time, now it's not just about clicking all the buttons and seeing what they do. It's about, I have a goal in mind of building something, like fleshing this Mm. out a little bit. And I've actually seen it takes multiple sessions for people, not necessarily over, not necessarily over the course of multiple weeks, right? But oftentimes you just kind of nibble at it a little bit at a time. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's, it's more like you're building something in that sense of like, today I'm going to try to build out my acquisition channels and make sure that those are the way that makes sense, right? And you right. don't think of it that way to say today, but like that's the point is that it's not that you would go through this entire exercise weekly, right? Yeah. But you're building something and building things takes time. And so it's more like a tool where like a Figma or something, you know, you don't come into Figma and design a UI in one day, you know, or in one session, right? Yeah, right. You're, you're building out something. Yeah. And I think that actually is a more successful pattern than trying to do Mm. it all at once because trying to do it all at once is a little bit it's it's just a little um what's the word it's too ambitious actually yeah i I think it's better to not try to be uh, that ambitious and instead think about it as you know you're building something a layer at a time and your goal each time is to build in that other layer and maybe it's your revenue plans maybe it's your acquisition channels um maybe it's your customer base once you do that exercise, then it's a tool you can come back to and adjust and tweak and maybe you only do that monthly uh, or even yeah. quarterly. But that's what I'm looking for is are people having those, the kinds of sessions where they're really building something? Yeah. Like one example is like people have to make, like a lot of people make decisions on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and it would be great if when they're about to make a decision, they, you know, the thought occurred to them that like maybe I should go use Summit to inform this decision yeah i think that that's possible i think my long-term view is if you've got a you know from a sales standpoint or or product standpoint i think weekly is really ambitious um it's a north star that's pretty far out there but for right now it's more of with the hundreds of folks that are signing up are they building with it so it's actually it sounds almost like it's more like an onboarding metric yeah it is that's a better that's that's the right framing i think is it's more of an onboarding metric. I think there'll be a separate one because um, it's looking at new signups, you know, repeated visits within. Yeah, so like you know, later on, like maybe it'll be like if they open the daily email and then they adjust quarterly or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think so, exactly. And I think this is just sort of the beginning of the instrumentation journey. But yes, onboarding and activation is my is my current focus. So that's why I'm obsessing over the fact that I have 63 people who have visited the site more than twice or twice or more in the last month. And 63 yeah. is my, <laughs> 63 is my number, you know, and it's hard because you're like, was well, that monthly active users? Like, well, folks, I don't know, you know, a month from now, maybe that some of those 63 will have arrived at a steady state. And for them, a steady state is visiting quarterly, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think I have enough data to know yet, but I do think there's this initial frenzy of activity in a good scenario and I'm looking for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like with branch, like when someone is onboarded, unless it's cause they're setting up a new project, like if they lock in a lot, it's probably a sign of that something's wrong <laughs> that they can't mm. figure out. Yeah. 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 So that's different. 
definitely. Yeah. I think this is um, this is a lot of exploration, and so I'm I'm seeing that it's going up, it's going the right direction, the way I want it to, and I'm feeling good about the validation of the roadmap that we have. Um, I had a pretty big breakthrough. Maybe I'll skip some of the more mundane stuff. Pretty big breakthrough on the product side recently, where I was getting a steady stream of requests for after you click the build button in Summit, it shows you a what they call pro forma forecast, and pro forma just means sort of the standard forward-looking uh, statement. And it's essentially mm-hmm. like a profit and loss statement, but it's got some other stuff bolted onto there, like cash, which would normally would not be in a P and L. Um, and things like that, debt. So it's it's kind of like a balance sheet and a PL jammed together. But you know, when you're an early stage startup, you just I you need a need a, a uh, you just need a window to look out, <laughs> and you're not trying to be precise about oh this doesn't belong in this document. Anyway, the way that gets generated is the simulation runs and it generates a ledger of transactions right that that are into the future and. Mm-hmm. The accounting statement, if you will, that pro forma forecast is actually the result of a bunch of Python um, loops running over the transaction data and essentially doing accounting. So mm-hmm. let's let's add up all the bookings in the given month. Let's add up all the, uh, let's recognize the revenue for a given month, which is tricky, um, you know, depending on, you know, annual versus monthly subscriptions. It's doing all this accounting work and what's neat about Summit is that those are separate activities, right? It's actually the simulation mm-hmm. runs and essentially finishes and then the accounting work happens. So I was thinking, kept getting the stream of feedback from people saying they're looking at that accounting sheet, that view and saying, eh, I don't want to include you know, free users in my ARPU, right? I only want to include paying customers. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Somebody else says, well, you know, I, I want to summarize the end of the year. I want to have like a totals column. Okay, you know, that makes sense. Um, other people say, hey, I don't want to show my debt on the same sheet or my cash flow because that's supposed to be on either a cash flow statement, uh, which is separate, or an asset, um, a balance sheet, sorry, which is also separate. So that's a little bit more of a mature way to do your accounting or look at your accounting is like a proper set of documents. And I just sat there and, I, you know, I kept collecting this feedback and, and getting a little bit concerned that how am I going to address this long tail again of requests to tweak different things where everybody has a different tweak in mind. So, so very little overlap, right? Just everybody's yeah. little way of doing things. And it occurred to me that what I, you know, what if, <laughs> what if I allowed people to do their own queries and accounting on that transaction data and they could do it however they wanted to right so here's the idea is that rather than do some post-processing if you will of that transactional data and trying to build a build a view for them what i'm going to send to the client in the next let's say one to two months uh, this is this is queued up i'm not sure how long it'll take maybe it'll take Let's just say six weeks. Six weeks from now. Sounds like a good goal. Six weeks from now, um, I would like to have a version of it where the simulator runs, it generates that transaction data. That transaction data gets sent to the client. And now <laughs> that transaction data is sitting in local storage or you know in JSON, um, in JavaScript state. And 
there's a JavaScript library called Ala, was it Ala SQL? Um, okay. And you can actually run valid SQL statements against uh, time series JSON, uh, time series data that's stored in JSON. Oh, interesting. Right, right. So the idea becomes the data is sitting there and and anybody that knows how to write uh, SQL, I'll just call it that, you know, SQL or SQL. Uh, anybody that knows how to write SQL can write s- queries that do whatever kind of aggregation they want to, do or don't include whatever they want to, start and stop whenever they want to, right? You can essentially pull out whatever you want to from that transactional data. Yeah. It's no I longer like... <laughs> Summit's job <laughs> to do that accounting in a way that's going to satisfy everybody. I feel like this is going to be Summit's second app store or marketplace of, you know, plugins and. Well, so this is where it gets really interesting, right? There turns out that with bank statements, which is what we're really talking about here, the transaction ledger, it's it's withdraws, deposits, and it's withdraws, deposits, and borrowing, like right loans. Mm-hmm. If you have all that transaction data, um, all of the calculations are sort of well-known, right? Well-known solutions. Mm-hmm. Like if you have bank statement data, this is how you calculate bookings. This is how you calculate earnings before interest, right? This is how you calculate yeah. profit, net income, et cetera. It's all calculable. <laughs> and what I realized was, wait a minute, like you said, why don't I just create another um, summit fiddle, if you will, where people <laughs> can write and share these these queries that will um, tease out or, or or calculate whatever it is you want to out of this transaction data, right? And I don't have to be in that business anymore. Um, now, what I can do is I can save those queries, like for the average user who doesn't want to write those themselves. Of course, we can have one for revenue. Of course, we can have one for expenses, net income, like all the basic financial metrics. Yeah, sure. Why not? I can just have those preloaded and run those by default. But this way, if an accountant says, you know, oh, well, I want to show my customer their gross margin on just this pro- just this product line. Okay, that's cool. You can write a query for that. And if you need help writing a query for that, the number of people who can write those queries and get them out there into the world is kind of endless, right? It's such a common... Mm especially with the BI tools that are out there now, Redshift, uh, Business Intelligence Tools, Tableau, um, SciSense it's called, which used to be called, what was it, Periscope Data. The number of people who know how to write SQL in the analyst and quant role is really high. In yeah. fact, I, I did a, just for fun, I did a Google search for cohort analysis SQL statement. And there's like six blog posts about the SQL statements to write to pull yeah. out cohort-based analysis from from essentially from transaction data, right? And I said, huh, right? Like this is now, this this is the future of the front end, I think, is not trying to be the, we decide how to do the accounting or the analysis. Instead, once again, it's a platform. You can do the analysis however you want to, but here's the transactional data, right? And there's a tiny seat batch company you should talk to. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We have. I think you're referring to uh, SQL, right? 
Yeah. 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 So uh, sounds like they have some domain knowledge in this area. (laughs) Yeah. We've definitely traded. So I reached out to Mike uh, Ritchie um, over Slack about this and I said, hey, what tools should I be looking at to do uh, things in the front end? And I I came across that Ala SQL and like I went back to Slack and he had that there. I said, okay, cool. (laughs) This is is definitely Ah. the thing to look at. And so I already spoke to, um, already spoke to Jason. who's a contractor for front-end development uh, right now. And I said, after you finish this components refactoring that you're doing for Vue, um, let's take a serious look at this. And I went to a tool that I found. It's my new favorite design tool. Uh, and it's called, I feel like I can recommend it now. It's called Whimsical. Uh, W-H-I-M-S-I-C-A-L. It's called Whimsical. Never and, heard of it. Yeah, I hadn't either. Uh, um, one of my followers, Mel Larson, hope I'm getting that right, tweeted it to me when I was sort of asking, is there anything that's between, you know, a whiteboard and a, and a web flow? And of course, there's a lot of di- uh, diagramming and wireframe tools out there. And I feel like I've tried most of them, but Whimsical was really, really pleasant. Like for me, it just worked in terms of, I was able to be productive and sketch out these wireframes for this, what I'm talking about. And so I was able to show a V1 and a V2 of, of this part of the app. And I showed that to uh, Jason and he said he thinks he can you know, tackle that next. So I am, nice. th- that's a theme there, which is I am now delegating as I planned, delegating more of the development to others. And I'm shifting into a design role where, you know, this is what the market, I think this is what the market needs. This is what I'm hearing. Here's the wireframes. Can you implement this? Right. And nice, that just feels stuff. really good because yeah, it's so much higher leverage. And that can be built out while I work on other things, which um, are definitely on the horizon too. So that's um, that's how it's been going. Yeah, especially like the more of the, you know, the the more the front end is like, um, de- what is it like decoupled from the back end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as long as you just send data and you can get you can do a bunch of stuff on the front end with that data, like it's yeah. easier to split things up. Yeah. And, you know, you can imagine the letting folks download that transactional data means that they can put that into their BI tool if they'd rather work there. Right. So I'm not competing with Tableau or, you know, what's the Microsoft one? I'm blanking suddenly. But yes, I'm not competing with those tools. Um, It's here's the here's the ledger. You know, here's 500 transactions that you can um, Mm. work with. And I could see a pipeline kind of forming for the enterprise where. This is a tool that has its role, but it's not trying to do the accounting and the analysis that they want to do in other tools. Um, yeah, and I feel really good about that. So it's the modeling and it's the data generation of the transactions. And then there's sort of a analysis mode that you can go into. But if you want to download the ledger, you can do that. Um, and, and also the ledger is actually really good to look at from an inspection and auditing standpoint, because if you want to understand, wait, why are these numbers here? Like, how did this get here? looking at that history of transactions can give people confidence that, you know, it's the log, right? And if you can look at a log, you can build confidence that the simulator is behaving the way you expect. Um, So I think there's just a lot of secondary benefits to this as well. Um, So yeah, that's really exciting. And I have a manager update, but I want to pause there, see if you have any. (laughs) any Can I ask a completely unrelated question? Yeah, sure. (laughs) I was, I don't know why, but I was thinking while you were talking about this, like, you should be able to tell Summit like how much money you want to raise so you can like 
<laughs> the simulator have that as an input like how much growth you need in your in your plan for investors to you know want to look at your company mm-hmm. um which is probably not a good idea but anyways then it made me think like is there a way or could there be in a way a way in summit to reverse engineer a goal like if you do you know what i mean when i say that like if you say this is where i want to get to by this date like what would have to happen or would mm-hmm. you just have to kind of like do like a you know trial and error and see how close you can get or and then fine tune it'd be cool if you could just like do it the other way around yeah um you you can't I, I don't see why not so the way that would work is you say i want my so the way the system has goals right now so if we start there yeah you can put in a revenue goal and then like you said you can change things and see the impact change things see the impact so let's double the number of leads let's improve the conversion rate let's improve improve retention right and play with those things yeah and see if you hit your goals and goals don't have to have deadlines either so you could just say, hey, yeah, at some point in the future, at any point, I want to reach a million dollars a year in revenue and put that in. Yeah. What you're saying, though, is, hey, if you do that, right, really all you need to have the problem complete in a, in a reasonable amount of time is you need to go into the tool and say, so the way this would work is you can set a goal. And the only thing you really need is to tell the system the range of plausibility right, for a particular input metric. So I imagine we could get our conversion rates to this height, right? I imagine we could get our lead volume to this level, right? So you just have to put in where's that line of plausibility begin and end for these different metrics. Because if the system comes back and says like, hey, good news, you can reach your goal if you 10x everything, that's not very useful, right? (laughs) So where the human comes in is to say, I imagine if we made this our number one goal, we could increase these metrics like so. And then you've basically yeah. given a defined um, solution space for the simulator to yeah. go through. And it can say, let's start by everything at the max and let's work our way down to everything at the min, the, the present state. And yeah. it, you could reward the system for finding solutions with the fewest number of changes and for the fewest number of changes that require the greatest amount of change. So you could look at it two yeah. ways. Do I want a plan like you said you're reverse engineering a plan to get to a goal so i want one that says if you can change these five metrics by 10 percent, you'll get to your goal or do you want one that says if you change this one metric by 60 percent, you'll get to your goal right yeah that's the thing and it and different for different companies like some companies might prefer the former other ones if you've got a one-man band <laughs> you might really like the latter right in terms of just that absolute focus um, but you, yeah, absolutely. And that's something since we can run these simulations in less than a second, in some cases, having it go through an entire solution space to find those uh, answers is not unreasonable, especially as we scale this out to many machines, right? So we could just yeah. do kind of a deep query. I feel like if you had this feature, you could really slap like an AI sticker on the Summit box set. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Or Don't a worry. GPT-3. <laughs> yeah. And that actually gets actually. Something- yeah peter um, levels of um yeah nomad list he <laughs> created a thing that generates startups startup ideas yep like you should create something that just takes all the ideas in his startup idea generator and model sub <laughs> you know model them in summit <laughs> yeah well hope exactly hopefully i can find people to do that which actually gets into the manager thing so i'll, I'll use that as a segue i am speaking cool. to um at least to people about experienced people with financial modeling about creating educational content um 
and one in particular uh, creating a course essentially that helps founders understand all these different metrics and run them through using Summit to teach the concept. So it's almost like a, a startup MBA for someone, but using Summit as the visualization tool to really get a firm grasp on the business side of things, right? Or the, the financial yeah. aspects. Um, and so that's something that I've actually felt a lot of pre- like positive pressure to do, but I don't want to do it personally for a couple of reasons. One is I've got other things to do, but two <laughs> is I think it's actually not as good for the business if Matt Wensing is the only one who's out there showing the world how to use Summit, right? I don't want to be in a situation right. where it's like, it's Matt's, Matt's tool by Matt. You know, Matt's the teacher. Matt's yeah. the only one who knows how to use it. Matt, Matt, Matt. It's like, no, I want somebody else to be a power user because that's the ultimate scale there, right? Is creating other people right. who can teach other people. So I want to I want to create teachers, not just create students. And I will create mm-hmm. students, but they're going to be the teachers. <laughs> so it's not scalable for me to create students and to teach, but I think I can create teachers and incentivize and motivate teachers to teach using Summit as a tool. And there are already people in this role in the ecosystem who want to teach founders how to do these things. And and I don't want to compete with them. I just want to enable them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my that's my strategy there. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's similar, I guess, to what I talked about on the last episode with, you know, developer relations or you know, advocacy or evangelists, like just for development stuff. Like, I guess these are like financial, you know, financial planning advocates or evangelists, summit evangelists or something like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, and I think, you know, it becomes... Like those will be the speakers at the summit con, whatever. That's right. Know? That's right. And I want to create that world. Um, exactly. So that's that's one piece of it. Summit, summit. Yeah, the summit you got summit, that one summit, summit square. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other manager update is I recently announced that I am a new scout in the Indie VC scouting program. Yeah, I that, I saw that from yeah. my paternity leave Twitter yeah. late night scrolling. Yeah, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I'm taking some risk, and I want to talk about that directly or address it directly i think the risk is that i'm seen as biased in that sense of like Mm. somehow oh you know matt's on this team now and that that goal that team is to get people to take money from indie um so that's why in my tweet where i announced this i said let's build a model in summit right where we can see what the pros and cons the impact would be of taking an indie investment Let's let the yeah. data, let's let the data speak. So, uh, well, the reason no you bias. wanted to <laughs> in that be, sense. A scout, be a scout is because you want to make the you want to make that available to people using Summit, right? Exactly. And that's kind of like the way you do that. That's exactly. like kind of the way you send people to Indie or help people that's get right. funded by Indie, right? So let's get to the real reason. Exactly, it's that I believe, and this goes back to what I said at the beginning: figuring out what's the best application of Summit today. The most natural and valuable application of Summit today is helping founders browse and explore and qualify for the increasing number of funding options that exist in the ecosystem. 
and which was a very early summit um use case as well that's right i mean in in, in summit because i remember SimSAS, there was a drop down menu right and yeah i wrote, I wrote yeah and i remember reading your analysis like i remember saying yes to tiny tiny seed pretty early on um because i started i started talking to them before they really opened up applications and just spammed them forever <laughs> um but you know there were alternatives to tiny seed um that you know you are obviously would consider and then i remember reading your post and then not being 100 sure like what you thought about the different you know funding alternatives like you just kind of like went through them you didn't mm-hmm. really say what your opinion was yeah. um and then later realizing that you actually took money from tiny seed was like yes oh that's great well now it's, i feel like it's it's vetted for me yeah and and i i took it from tiny seed because tiny seed was the best fit for summit at the time um and yeah you yeah, know, yeah i think i think revenue-based financing can also be really good for folks that are ready for it and india's is kind of a mix um in terms of taking a stake and um you know, uh, collecting against revenue. Um, but really the main yeah. reason is I believe that access to capital is a ongoing problem and it's yes. getting harder and harder to make sense of all the options. And yeah. Talk I, to our friend, Jordan Gal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've, um, I've also had a steady, you know, a steady stream of users say, I wish I could use summit to help me raise money. Um, yeah, more directly awesome. somehow, which was really encouraging because there wasn't anything on the, the app or site that said, you know, click here for funding or figure out your funding options, etc. Um, now, here's the thing: I want to take what a very, site? Sorry. Yeah, I want to take a very different approach to this, though, and I think this is this is the challenge: is that um, you know, Indy uh, and others um, like ClearBank, for example, Stripe. Um, there's there's a growing list, Bigfoot Capital, growing list of these funds and firms, right? There's there's hundreds of them. Um, I I want to learn more about the economics of these funds and these firms, and I also believe that there is an opportunity to change this from a um, kind of an old world manual program, if you will, right, to a digital i mean (laughs) online (laughs) right system um and i think things are moving this direction so what i mean by that is that if you can go into summit and there's a plugin that you can click and it would install a type of financing meaning in in your simulation it would install a a loan for a certain amount with a certain interest rate or it would install a revenue-based financing program you could test drive that in your model of your business with a few clicks, right? The next step is to say, huh, okay, let me check out five or six different options and I'm gonna do that all in, all in this one place. Makes it really easy to do that. I can clone my model and, and compare cost capital and, and, and results, uh, paybacks, all of this stuff. You know, It's finally apples to apples in terms of it's the same <laughs> spreadsheet, the same view, right? Of all of those, which is really hard to do and time consuming. And somebody even said, right now, having to understand this stuff is a barrier to me applying for it because i don't know what i'm getting into necessarily right so there's just a mountain of education that founders would like to have on how all these things work but then the idea is if you are interested and it's a good fit for your business being able to qualify for it and being able to apply maybe in a blind sense or an anonymous way of saying hey i'd like to see if the person on the other side of this 
wants to make me an offer, right? Or wants to give me, pre-qualify me and, and tell me roughly what my interest rate might be. Like that mm. should all be possible without picking up the phone or sending an email. That yeah. should all be possible online, right? The same way that yeah. you can get a Brex card now without talking to someone. Um, the same way that you can get qualified for a mortgage through Rocket Mortgage without having to talk oh, to someone. Auto insurance, like how many miles do you roughly plan to drive this year? Exactly. Like, exactly. You can no, go that's... you can go shop for an auto a new auto insurance plan, you know, in an afternoon and uh, in fifteen minutes, right? Um, as they yeah. say. And so I think that the the rolling funds that you see, the shift towards revenue based financing, what Indy's doing. Um, Indy's terms are open sourced, by the way. So they're basically saying, hey, anybody else in the ecosystem that wants to fund companies using these terms, go for it, right? Which which hints at more of a broad wave of change as opposed to, oh, it, we're Indy, we're going to save the world. That's not the idea, right? The idea is that the world is changing and there's there's funding needs that are not being met by pure equity investments. But even look at rolling funds. I think there's a there's obviously a lot of change happening very quickly. And I think the the half-lives of these things are getting shorter. Where, you know, how long was it from equity investments to convertible notes? Right. And then how long was it from convertible notes to safes? And then how long from safes mm. <laughs> to, you know, rolling funds? And then how long from rolling funds? Yeah. That time gap is getting smaller and smaller to where yeah. I've think the market is moving towards a new kind of public company, which we can talk about LTSE, a new kind of public company, <laughs> and I think a new kind of private financing roadmap that gets you the money you need on the terms that work for your business in a very tailored way, but without going through two or three weeks of document sharing and negotiations and interpretation and all this stuff. I think that's going to be I think that's going to be obsolete in years, not decades. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I think Summit actually has a really awesome opportunity to facilitate that. Well, you called it FinHub one day, right? Like it's like a GitHub for financial stuff. So maybe you could just send a pull request to Indy with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is with Indy is for now it's going to be manual, but um, I'm going yeah. to ask startups to build a model in Summit if they want me to help them and, and refer them. Um, so because I, I do want to move this towards a productized setup, I think that that's the future, you know, and I think ultimately for startups, if you can take that one model of your business and sort of test the waters, shop it around anonymously, but it, like you're in control, mm -hmm. you know, I will share just this view of just this data with these six firms. And I want an answer within two days from each of them. That's a yeah. complete power flip from, uh, fundraising even four years ago right maybe even a year ago oh yeah right? totally <laughs> um so that's what i'm working towards and, and that's why i'm getting involved with indie i've actually been following them for a while and very excited to to just understand how the system works and then scale it really that's why you don't have time to write javascript anymore that's why i don't have time to write javascript anymore. exactly there's um, that's why you don't have time to create a website yeah, yeah, exactly. I was on another pod. I'm going to be on another podcast soon, and I talk about that, so I won't talk about it here. But uh, yes, the website <laughs> okay. is still notoriously short. Um, we'll, see, <laughs> we'll see if that changes. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this, and uh, it's a planned evolution, and completely opt in, 
And I really want to empower founders to be able to test, pre-qualify, and experiment with funding options, you know, all within one place. Awesome, man. Yeah, I actually wanted to play around with Summit for our core uh, Q4 goals because we have a little bit of an aggressive goal Hmm. that we are planning to hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's kind of like also why I ask the reverse engineering question. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, who knows? Like maybe that's what I... I guess I said on the last episode, like if we if we hit that goal, I think we have a lot of optionality in terms of like, mm. you know, being profitable, raising money, you know, whatever we want to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you'd have to kind of pogo stick around at this point, but uh, yeah, if I were going to give you, so I heard this advice. This is from Bob Moesta, uh, who spoke at um, Business of Software, but he did some incredible experiments when he was working at Toyota and um, literally working on lean manufacturing and like, how can we improve things? And he always suggested what he called the diagonal, which is start at one extreme and work your way to the other, right? By kind of, so mm. the way to explore a large space basically is to cut a beeline, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, basically take a beeline from one extreme to the other and see where the yeah. sensitivities are. And that's, that's actually yeah. how they manually tested manufacturing processes um, at Toyota for a while to find like the optimal, I think his example was like the optimal paint to use that would be the right huh. thickness, but dried in the right amount of time while like not <laughs> wasting any paint. It was incredible. But uh, yeah. he, <laughs> he had this experimentation scheme. Um, but yeah, with, with this, you could essentially just, you know, test things and ratchet up a bunch of different things and then see, see where it starts to take off. And I'm having a lot of fun with the tool these days, kind of exploring like that, is that you'd be surprised the things that do and don't matter. <laughs> um, yeah. Very educational. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So anyway, man, thanks for, uh, you gave me a lot of well, airtime uh, today. <laughs> yeah, I did. And uh, I think I'll have to go change some more diapers now. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, yeah. I should let you get to that. Um, yeah. Good to catch up. It was good. Good, good, good to catch up. Yeah. And uh, I guess I'll... I'll be. I'll have more of an update next week because I'll be back in the saddle. I guess. Okay. Cool. Sounds Hopefully. Like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. Alrighty. Talk to you later. Take care, Peter. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.